I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. This is Song vs. Song. This week, Africa versus Down Under. Oh. <laughs> That's right, oh. The two best songs of the 80s. As Wait, what? <laughs> no, it's, uh, they're two ridiculous camp artifacts from the 80s that Wait. people still really like. But Here's what I can tell you. Uh, if you go on YouTube and you put on the Down Under music video uh, and you just leave it, if you walk away from your computer, let's say, mm-hmm. you, like last minute right before recording a podcast, <laughs> you decided that you were going to listen to the song to make sure that you were confident in your position. Mm-hmm. The next song that will autoplay is Africa by Toto. That is just what happens. Literally it had nothing to do with me. I don't yeah. think that Google was listening to me. I don't think. Well, it is the, the year 2018. And at the end of 2018, I think that if you play any music video, you're going to get africa by toto it is the hot song of the of 2018 hotter than any song that came out in 2018 wait i I pretend like i'm old and and i don't know things what does that mean i'm not sure it's just like i (laughs) rolling stone just called it it like how i saw an article that just said how africa became the new don't stop believing just like the song that is absolutely everywhere at the moment and in fact, if you missed it, there is a a Weezer cover of it going uh, around the radio right now. That was a whole meme. Like some Twitter account did it as a joke, just kept bugging them to cover Africa by Toto until they did it. And now it's a hit, even though it is extremely boring and doesn't sound like anything. Oh, yes, it sounds like uh, Weezer after after uh, insert album here. That was the last one you liked. <laughs> Uh, was there not a karaoke crawl wherein the song Africa by Toto followed the birthday bunch that was on that crawl? Is that not a thing that happened? What are you talking about? Uh, so our friend Joy. Uh-huh. She's a, do you remember this? Oh, yes. That's right. That's and right. I only went to the end, but my understanding was that everywhere they went, Everywhere, not just the karaoke places, but just walking down the street casually. Yes, I remember. Know, going into Yam Bodega, it just would a- appear everywhere. Yeah, in the car, on the street, everywhere we went. That was a that was definitely a thing that happened. Welcome to 2018, Weezer's Africa. But you know, I, I chose these two particular songs because they are both similar in that they're very silly songs, but also that they are about certain continents. Uh, Men at Works Down Under is a Australian song about Australia, and Africa is, of course, about Africa by an American band. And here's the thing I didn't realize when I picked this. Down Under, at the beginning of 1983, was uh, the number one song in the country for four weeks. Non-consecutive. Non-consecutive, because they were interrupted in between after that third week by Africa. Wow. Yes, Africa unseated Down Under from the number one spot. But only temporarily. Yes, and then... Suck it, Toto. Then Down Under unseated nice Africa. So just on a pure chart perspective, Down Under won 1983, I guess. I'm not sure uh, Africa was the Toto song off that album. The song that was really, really big was Rosanna off of Toto 4. Yeah, it's weird. I was about to say, I'm not sure that uh, very technically Down Under is the song 
off of that first full minute work album, but it is. <laughs> uh, I mean, I will say that the best song to have as your ringtone whenever someone you don't know is calling you <laughs> is Who Can It Be Now? <laughs> but Who Can It Be Now? Great. I mean, that's a great song with a great music video. And here's another thing I'll say about Men at Work in general before we continue. Uh, it made a, a man with a lazy eye a star. <laughs> And good that's old, not easy to do. Good old Colin Hay. Hey, I have. Uh, hey, I love Hay uh, very much. As uh, and we'll talk about that uh, in due course. But uh, okay, so, so so you are on the I, side. Yes, I am on the side of Men at Work, and you are on the side of Toto. Yes, and I will tell you this: a year earlier, if I had picked this, I would have absolutely gone with Down Under. But 2018 is the year that changed your mind. Believe it or not. Yes. Now, if if it had been any other situation, I would have turned on Africa this year because it's everywhere. But because I never liked Africa, I'm starting to re-listen to it. I was like, actually, this song's pretty good. See, I just can't have any positive associations with it in 2018 because from that night, <laughs> Todd, as you know, uh, but as, as the world does not know, that was a night where I accidentally made a stranger cry in one sentence. <laughs> yes, I, I do remember that night you said one word, or like one sentence. And then that girl cried. Uh, and this is a wonderful story, which we'll share very briefly, even though yeah. it has nothing to do with the song. But we'll explain why it is that uh, Toto's Africa, on the night that everybody heard it a million times, it just didn't connect for me. We were leaving the third karaoke place. Uh, there was one woman there who I did not know at all, and she kind of seemed off to the side, and I thought, I'm going to engage with her. I want her to be part of the festivities. So we were all joking about uh, a sign on the wall that had a list of all the different kinds of parties that karaoke does. Uh, there, you know, there were uh, wedding parties, birthday parties, you know, like death parties. I don't know. Weird stuff. And then one of the things that was listed there was divorce party. And I turned to her and I said, uh, do you want to, hey, listen, they do divorce parties. You want a divorce party? And then she said, actually, I am about to get divorced. And then she cried. And then a man hugged her and stared at me, the long death stare. <laughs> and then I, instead of hearing Toto's Africa, heard the theme song to Curb Your Enthusiasm in, 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 in my head as I stared off into the middle distance and wondered how this was my life. And that is why I don't like Toto's Africa in 2018. Gonna take a lot to take me away from you. <laughs> Anyway, I'm very sorry if you listen to this podcast and you are the one who I made cry. It was not intentional. I'm really sorry. I just am a horrible human being by nature, I guess. But um, let's take it back to the 1980s, shall we? All right. Now, what I am gathering from this brief intro here, minus the karaoke story, is that you are, ac is that you are actually a pretty big Men at Work fan. I do like Men at Work. Um, I really like Colin Hay. Uh, and I... I I guess I was going to try and save this for later, but uh, I really like Colin Hay because I really liked watching Scrubs. Yeah, Zach Braff, he's really into that Colin Hay. He's a big he? Colin Hay fan, uh, although, interestingly, also a Toto fan. In fact, Is he? To to Toto's Africa appears in the musical episode of Scrubs, or the Wizard of Oz episode, I forget if they're one mm -hmm. and the same, but there's a whole episode where they have a bunch of uh, Wizard of Oz motifs and uh, and it begins with Toto's Africa because Toto. 
Oh, I just got that. Okay. <laughs> Agonizing. <laughs> so that song appears, uh, Minute Works, Down Under never appears, but Overkill appears, and there's a really uh, beautiful version of Waiting for My, Wheel- My Real Life to Begin uh, that's done after a character dies, and it's like, chef kiss, very good. Well, what I remember is that Colin Hay has a song off of that Garden State soundtrack. He does. And uh, that was like the first time I realized that he still existed, in fact. And yep. it wasn't just like a guy who would pop up on VH1's whatever happened to whoever. Vi- like, that's the time I realized. And Colin Hay, I understand, has a pretty uh, big following still. But they were still new in 1981. That, uh, that I think it was called Business As Usual, that album. Mm-hmm. And I want to be clear here for the, for the record. That album has the worst cover art that has ever existed. It is but ugly, and I hate it. So here's what I'm going to say to that. I disagree, and I only disagree because I've seen what the, uh, I guess, 7-inch single was before the album came out, uh, which came out a couple years prior, which is the first time Down Under was ever released as a Mm -hmm. B-side. I don't know if you knew that already. I did not. It was a B-side for a completely different song uh, called Key Punch Operator. And uh, that I don't, was not I, a hit. It was not. In fact, it's not even on that album. But it's really it's a fun little poppy tune, and uh, and that version of Down Under is real different. <laughs> uh, it's a it's slower. It's very. Um, we're in a island bar jam band kind of. Yeah, I just it's it's. I mean, it's fine, but it's not a hit song. It's really weird hearing it in that slower tempo it's it it's one of those times where you go wow uh tempo and arrangement matter <laughs> a lot it turns out because it can turn a really so so whatever uh sounds like something i would tolerate while in a bar to uh a hit that could beat toto's africa by three weeks to one that's right or four weeks to one or something that's right that's right <laughs> well, is that song really any good Re- honestly what down under? Yeah. Yes, absolutely, it is. <laughs> Why? What? What? What would you say is like the factor that makes down under any good? Well, the problem is that uh, the flute bit is yeah. great. At, Was at, that in the original version, which I did not hear? Like um, a little bit, but not quite in the in the fully fleshed out uh, version, uh, which landed them in some problem many decades later. Oh yeah, I that's was, really that's sort of this is this podcast is going to be. I don't I don't know how common it is that people are coming to the the defense of men at work after they lost a really enormous lawsuit, but we should talk about it because I truly believe that men at work was done robbed and done a serious dirty. Yeah, no, literally two hours before I came here, I was just checking out Twitter and I follow Rolling Stone on Twitter, and Rolling Stone popped up an article it was like. How Down Under ruined Men at Work's life, like, and well, I was like, Down Under didn't ruin their lives. The the yeah, people the, who became the owners of a completely different song after the person who wrote that song died ruined Men at Work's yeah. lives. For, yeah, I was just reading about this, but it was it's a it's a song from the '30s called Kookaburra, and it goes something like. Um, 
Kookaburra, Jate Kooka. No, um, it's it's, it's, a, it's a kid's song. Is my point. It, like, is, it is a kid's song written by a person who died, and then it whoever owns the rights now, and then the people who wound up own, owning the rights in the 21st century noticed because of somebody else. Somebody else was like, "Oh, did anybody ever see that? This is basically the kind of the same melody right here." You know what? I took a listen to it on YouTube, and I did not hear it at all. I barely hear it. Yeah. Uh, but the courts sided with the rights holders, and uh, a lot of money was lost. And more than the money, because they had it, and I think ultimately they all would have been fine, especially Colin Hay. Um, Colin Hay, I think, shelled out something like $4.5 million to defend it, and basically went on record. There's a quote somewhere where he said, I, I'll, I'll die knowing that we didn't rip off that song, because we absolutely did not. And the woman who originally wrote it was alive when our song came out, and she never, and we were a number one hit around the globe, and she never said a word. Uh, but the guy who was the the flute player, yes, who in fact His wrote name's that, Greg Ham, he died, and everybody basically agrees he died from the guilt and stress and shame of this court case of, of yeah, being well, sued. Well, Colin say it drove him to, to drug addiction. Yeah. And he died uh, about three years into that lawsuit from a heart attack. So, yeah, there's your buzzkill for the day. Like, if next time you hear men at work, think of that. Yeah, it's a really tragic story, and I'm angry about it. The more, because this is one of those things, right, where people uh, will file a lawsuit, and it's one of those ways where copyright law is bullshit. Because they don't care. It doesn't matter to them. They saw an opportunity to get some money, and they didn't care about what the human tragedy might be. Like, I hope, you know what? Here's what I hope. Whoever it is that filed that lawsuit and got that money, I hope that that, that Ham haunts them for the rest of the, I hope he's a ghost, <laughs> and I hope he haunts them by playing his flute and plays that song forever, and that they can never escape it. That's that's I, what you deserve. I think he's also the saxophone guy on, on uh, Who Can It Be Now? So. Oh man, that really crushes me. That's not cool, man. Like, there's no way. There's just no way. I don't. I completely. There's no way they did it knowingly. Yeah. And even if it was just in the cultural zeitgeist, I think most people thought that it was in the public domain anyway. Yeah, like, because it's, it's one a, of those songs in Australia. Yeah, it's like Alouetta or like Old McDonald over there. Yeah, like it's a little teapot. Or I'm a little teapot, which is. I think actually copyrighted, surprisingly. And but, and all of that besides, if you listen to them back to back, they don't sound that similar. No, maybe I picked a weird version on YouTube to listen to, but I did not hear it. No, I guess somebody presented the actual notes and they lined up kind of. But again, you know how I said uh, I heard this other version of Down Under and how much, uh, you know, tempo and... Yeah. Uh, and, and 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 the kinds of instrumentation that you use can really change a song. I don't. Isn't that enough? Isn't that an? I whatever. That yeah. just makes me so angry. <laughs> but this song is great, and and it's weird that this has now become one of the reasons why I like it. I I I am weirdly in love with the song now, defiantly <laughs> many decades later. But it also has another benefit, and I don't know if we should count this or not. But it has a literal music video before literal music videos were a thing. <laughs> oh my God, yes. And, you know, going back to Africa, it's Africa's not dissimilar from how literal uh, Men at Work's Down Under video is, but there, nothing will ever be more literal than the, the Down Under video. In fact, it's like closed captioning, really. <laughs> <laughs> 
like everything that they say happens in the song happens on the screen, which I, I guess it's helpful because that song is full of uh, zombie. Aus- yeah, Australian slang that doesn't make any sense to to people if you're not. In fact, I I feel pretty confident that a lot of those words are made up. Like combi is not a word. Like that's not a thing. I mean, it is a, it is a slang term for a for a van. For yeah. a specific type of van that just sort of became the generic term for all vans in Australia in the late seventies. You know, Colin Hay says that. I'm not sure I believe him, but sure. Let's like I I kind of feel like all Australian slang is Australians playing a prank on us. Oh, like, I mean, Australia <laughs> is cool America, so that sounds right. It's like if America was really cool and was like, hey. Guns are bad. Let's let's do something about that. It's they're just like us, a bunch of escapees who belong in jail, <laughs> except they eventually figured it out and we didn't. That's the difference. Well, uh, anyway, I like Australia and I like this song and Colin Hay rules. Well, you know, this was the start of the big '80s Australia craze. It was. It did, that that song appears in one of the Crocodile Dundee movies. I actually don't believe that. Like, that's too obvious. Did they really do that? Which yes, one? Yes, it's it. Well, hang on. Two, three, five. There's more than you think. Oh, it's Crocodile and Dundee in Los Angeles. Let's see. Which one is that? I okay, don't, so. Oh, the, that's, that's, the, that's the third one from 2001. Yeah. So that, that's different. Yeah, like, it could not have come out in the 80s. Like, that would have been so obvious everyone would have puked. And we were not, like, the most sophisticated viewing audience if we're going to go see Crocodile Dundee 2. We've gone on about about Men at Work for a minute. You want to take Toto? You know what? Go ahead. Why is like that, so, said, why is that t- song so great? Why is Toto so great, <laughs> Todd? Well, you tell you what, like I said, I would not have uh, picked this a year ago. L- let me say this. Out of curiosity, one day I decided, you know what? Toto 4. That's That was an album that made a lot of money. Why don't I listen to that? The whole thing. Yes. And in fact, Toto 4 racked up a ton of Grammys in 1983, right about the time Africa was, uh, topped the charts. And in fact, Men at Work won Best New Artist at that same ceremony. So really, Toto and Men at Work, natural enemies. <laughs> natural rivals like uh, the Beatles and the Stones. Like unicorns and spiders. <laughs> I just made it up. I don't know. Actually, you know, when I'm thinking about it, I feel like those are natural enemies. Unicorns and spiders? Yes. Yeah, I just trust my instincts on most things. But, yeah. Uh, you know, and I listened to Toto 4, the one that won all those Grammys, and it is terrible. It is a terrible, lousy album. And, in fact, Toto is not a good band. I will say that for the record. They were... Um, cool, I win. <laughs> Podcast over. Except for Africa. Let me get to it, goddammit. All right, okay, okay, all right. Toto are a bunch of session musicians. They did a lot of work with Steely Dan, and uh, I think they were all, all over Boz Skaggs' songs, and I think they wrote, like, a, a few... They Beloved on, by uncles the world over. <laughs> yes. They're a very... They work with a lot of dad rock and dad pop, I guess, is what I'd call Boz Skaggs. All right. And, and Michael McDonald, that's... And they were so well known at the time that they, when they started a band, they got signed without ever even like coming up from the clubs and stuff. They didn't have to tour. They were just signed immediately because they were so known and so professional. And that's what they sound like. They sound like professional studio musicians. They sound like they need someone else to tell them what to do to make them, 
make good music like Steely Dan. And and for the record, I like a lot of Steely Dan stuff, but a lot of Steely Dan stuff is also really boring. And I feel like that's where Toto comes in. They're a very Chicago-y kind of band. And then right at the end of that boring, boring album, you get one thing where they actually have like lyrics and like notes and stuff that actually start being interesting. And they were like, we didn't, we just needed something to close the album. And we wrote this weird nonsense song. Where they it, bless the rains. <laughs> yes. And, you know. Like, was it raining when the guy wrote the song? And then did he just have like a globe nearby that he spun and then closed his eyes and just. <laughs> I don't you know. Like, how, how, how does this happen? I don't know. But this was just like Down Under started the Australian craze. Toto's Africa started what I feel like is an African craze in the 80s, especially in 80s music, but also in movies too, like Out of Africa came out like just a couple years after that. And Were there any Africans in Toto? No, they were Any absolute- African-Americans in Toto? No, and I think there's like one black person in the video even. Yikes. <laughs> no, she's a, she's a librarian. Oh, uh, well, I, that's good. I don't, I can't tell. But you also see like a black person's hand throw a spear Oh, well, that's fine. There you go. You're really... It's terrible. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Continue. I mean, Austra- Down Under is full of Australian stereotypes also, I feel like. Yes, but it was made by... By Australians. That's correct. In fact, you know, now that I think about it, like, if I were to do this as like a three song versus song versus song, uh, In a Big Country by Big Country would also fit in pretty well with the themes. That yeah, came out you this, do that. I think the same year, and that's a Scottish band singing about America... And my work would still come out on top because they're singing about Australia and they're from <laughs> Australia. But I feel like Africa and uh, In a Big Country um, are more related than Down Under is to either of those songs because, I don't know, there's just like this sense of wonder. Like you could go somewhere else and everything would be amazing to you. I, I watched that video and there's like a kind of like an Indiana Jones style exotic, you know, back before the world was small and People could get on airplanes and go whenever they want. and By wait. map. Yes, by map. Dry, fly a red line to various exotic locations on the world. Africa is almost like a Peter Gabriel song, really. I could see that. I would like, like the song so much better if it was a Peter <laughs> Gabriel song. I mean, like, because there was the Africa... African music started becoming, like, a big thing in 80s pop. You had the, the Paul Simon, Graceland, and Peter Gabriel was working with uh, Lady Smith, Black Mombazo, and various other world pop yes, groups yes, like that. Yes, world music. Yes, I, yes, I know world music is the world's stupidest term yes, in the it, world. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it is also uh, back when there used to be uh, like record stores and such, or and, C, and tape stores and CDs, music stores, let's call them, your Sam Goodies and your Tower Records and, and, and et cetera. Yeah, that's where That were. was the one section that nobody ever went to, no, except for the weird smelly uncles. <laughs> Um, the white guys who would would wear African garb and think that that was appropriate. The world music section was where they dumped everything that didn't really have a genre. Yes. This has the- a lot of drums. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had a stick, and when they turned the stick upside down, it made like a whooshing sound. World music. Yeah, someone's singing in a foreign language, and it isn't Spanish, so... World music. So, you know, while... Africa may be like the dumb Peter Gabriel, which I I fully understand like that. Men at Work were kind of like 
the poor man's police, I feel like. Uh, yes, I could see because they uh, have um, certainly the original version of Down Under and and uh, um, many, many, many of the covers I've heard of Down Under all really, they want to hit that reggae sound extra hard. <laughs> And it's kind of there in the in, in in the original or in the in the the full album version that was what got hit, which which is what hit big. But here's what I'll say in in, in defense of Men at Work, they made a song called Down Under. It's about Australia, and a few years later, it basically became the theme song for Australia. <laughs> Australia embraced Down Under. It is, a, you know, or, oh, what's that? Do we have Olympics here in Australia? What song should we play? What's that? Do we want to have an ad for tourism to Australia? <laughs> what song should we play? Hey, we're just walking down the street. Let's sing a song. What should it be? I'm just saying that uh, that song is enormously popular in the country in which it is from, and the country that it is about. I don't think anybody in Africa is singing <laughs> Africa. No, Africa is a very uh, white man's perspective on a, a country which, I, I mean, excuse me, a continent. Yes. I'm not sure that they know it's a continent and not a country, but it is a very white man's perspective, and I realize that, and if anyone wants to, you know, take aim at it for that, I am going to fully... Uh, admit that it's like i said it's a very old-fashioned exotic thing from back before people knew anything now we know it all yes now we're super aware we know everything yep nothing else to know (laughs) let me ask you this you say down under is about australia it is is. it? it is well it is uh in the sense that colin hay certainly believes that it is kind of mm-hmm. his basic a- attitude is it's a song that is about the the non being non nationalistic mm-hmm. about uh, about his homeland because he didn't like the sort of nationalism happening within Australia at the time uh-huh. and he thought I like Australia but I don't like Australia this way uh, and, huh, and I never so there is that and there is also this idea of somebody from Australia traveling around the world and having people be like, oh, you're from Australia, eh? Vegemite, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Put some shrimp on the bobby, mate. That's not a knife. Yeah. I guess, uh, I don't know if anybody, that don't, that's not in the song, but, you know, and there was a, there was a comedian who, um, who sort of influenced them a little bit, and uh, there's all kinds of stuff that's in there. But yes, uh, suffice to say, it is... Eh, mostly about it, it. It it is it is kind of about it's about being Australian and being proud of being Australian, but not in a way that is so chest thumping that it ignores the flaws of Australia. Well, you know that's I've heard a couple interpretations of what Down Under is actually about, and the one I always thought it was, and apparently I'm wrong about this, but I thought it was like when you're traveling. And for the record, the hippie trail is like this this backpacker route that hippies used to take. It goes from London and it goes all the way down through the continent to like India or stuff like that. And I always thought about like, man, when you're traveling in a foreign country, it's nice to meet some of your own fellow countrymen, like someone who speaks the language and can get you some Vegemite. And that's, you know, because this song's such like a goofy sing-along. And I'll tell you what, 
I will admit that Down Under is a better song when you have 50 people around you. That is a bar sing-along song. So I always assumed like, it's a happy. He's like, yeah, I met this guy in, in Brussels who was six foot four and full of muscles, but it turned out he was an Aussie too. It was like, hey, mate, good day. Yeah, good yeah, to, he made, made you. you a Vegemite sandwich. Yes. People and, just like saying Vegemite. <laughs> it's gross, but saying the word is fun. I've never, I, I've never tried it. I've heard it's good on toast if you're Australian. I, I can only imagine it tastes like anchovies, honestly. Like, it looks so gross. Have you tried it? I take on faith. Yes, my understanding is that is what it tastes like. And so I, I think uh, my wife, Raven, would probably like it very much, but that's a little too much. It's a little too rich for my blood. Um, here's what I'll say. I really wish I had known. I would have gotten some Vegemite and we would have eaten it on this very podcast. <laughs> Next time, no matter what episode we're doing, there's just going to be a random moment in some episode of this podcast where I'm going to say, we're going to eat some Vegemite right now. And that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, like, it can't cost too much. It probably costs like 80 bucks. I doubt that. Um, and you know what? Imported. No one wants it here. You, you have a conversation. I'm, you know, talk, talk your talk. I'm going to look it up. Okay, well, it turns out that big, happy interpretation of, like, finding someone who speaks Australian, mate, is uh, not a, what it's about at all. Like, that guy from Brussels is totally faking it. Like, he is, uh, he's not Australian, and it's uh, about, I think, Australian stuff be starting to become cool and starting to become, like, uh, I don't know, selling out, being culturally appropriated, I guess. Oh, uh, you mean, like, uh, Africa? Yes, exactly like Africa. Got, got him. By the way, I can get Vegemite for under 10 bucks. <laughs> so, you know, good news, everybody. Todd's going to eat some Vegemite. Oh, you know what? You put something in front of me, I'll eat it. That's true. <laughs> I wonder if people already know that about you. That's true. You you, you are, Todd, can I eat your scraps, Nathanson? <laughs> well, you know, Vegemite is pre-scraps, I guess. <laughs> You know, that's not fair. I haven't eaten it. I shouldn't insult it. I've only heard people insult it. Maybe it tastes great. Yeah, I should cool. shut up. That's right. You should. Anyway, the point is I win. Did you have any? All right. What else have you got? Do you have any uh, any notes? Did anybody, do you have any, any outside perspectives about these two songs? Lay it like, on me. I will concede that I like Men at Work, the band, better than Toto, the band. I, this, but Men at Work always just seemed a little too goofy for me. They were a very silly band, but Toto is a very lame band, and I can tell you this because right before I came here, I went on their website, and they're in Toto.com. Is it Web 1.0 still? It's at least up to 2004 levels. It's not that bad. Any Comic Sans there? No. Okay. But I will say, I was like reading their biography, and one of the first thing they mentioned in like the first paragraph is like, yeah... Toto's still cool. We were mentioned in a South Park episode. This would have been like season one South Park. I barely remember this. There was just like a random joke where there's like, we should get a band everyone likes, like uh, Toto. And then Toto's there and no one claps for them. And they put that in the first paragraph of their biography. I'm filling my response with as much dead air as this <laughs> deserves. Actually, you know what? That can't be done. But yeah, that's that is that's not good. And here's pure yes. Uh, again, if you listen to the original version of uh, Down Under, there's a lot of them kind of filling in the stuff. Like they'll say a lyric, and then you know they'll you know there's there's a lot of them kind of having a conversation amongst each other as though at a bar. 
And uh, yeah, they are goofy. They've got that sort of fireside theater kind of quality to them in a way. And I like that. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that that sort of... You know, I did compare them to the police. The police were also a goofy band. People forget that. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, Sting went tantric and then everybody somehow forgot. You know, <laughs> he, was, he, he started walking through fields of gold and all of a sudden... Yeah, uh, all the goofiness got er- yeah, 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 yeah. Got very erased. But yeah, they were goofy and Men at Work is very silly. And Colin Hay, I think, you know, what's funny about him is he does... I mean, it's not funny that he has a lazy eye, but... He always stares into the camera with that eye, <laughs> you know, and I think that he does it because he's he's very self-aware and he knows that it's kind of a little bit funny. I think he's got a good sense of humor about himself. Which you wouldn't think for a guy being on a, a who is now on the, the, the Garden State soundtrack. His, his newer stuff is a lot more serious than it was back in the 80s. It's melodic. Yeah. Um, what, what is that song? I just don't think I'll ever get over you. That's Some, the one I think that's, that's the on, name uh, of it. Garden State. And here's the thing. You can say whatever you want to say about Garden State. There's a lot to say about that movie. <laughs> this is not a movie podcast. But uh, I like a lot of the songs on that soundtrack. I think that's a good... Zach Braff has got pretty good taste in music. And uh, to his credit, again, Scrubs has multiple Colin, Colin Hay songs. I don't know where this leaves us on who wins or who loses because Down Under doesn't appear. But two Colin Hay songs do appear and Toto's Africa does appear. Well, so Zach Braff, we know he's a fan of both. What's the best part of Down Under? It's really hard to say. I just, I find that song, it's not, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like uh, listening to uh, and It's the End of the World as we know it. You know, it's <laughs> not like Leonard Burns, you know what I mean? It's not one of those I, for I really, me. I just like it straight through. I, I really love like music the music video. <laughs> I, I always thought that flute hook was really amazing. Yeah. The flute hook that apparently got them in a lot of trouble. Which I I'm still, I still think is unfair, unjust. <laughs> I don't, I think the riff to Africa is better. And the riff to, to Africa is like a really great thing. And you, it resembles nothing I've ever heard. It goes, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then the marimbas come in. And in fact, I've heard that uh, used as like a, a backing track for a couple R&B songs, I feel like. Which you wouldn't think, but apparently they really love their 80s pop R&B singers. I've heard uh, Phil Collins use the same way a lot of the time. Here's what I want to know. How did the vote go? I feel <laughs> I feel at this point, we've talked for, you know, 35 some odd minutes. How did it go? Okay, well, I predicted a blowout win for Toto's Africa. Because of this 2018 factor that I didn't know about. Yeah, I expected Toto to tower above men at work like Kilimanjaro above the Serengeti. And, and then... Uh, yeah, Africa won by 227 to 116, which is about two-thirds to one-third. That's solid, I guess. If this was like a, an election, that would be a, a landslide. But for uh, what we we do here, that's not quite as big as I expected it to be. But this, I, is, this is still a momentous occasion. Yes, this is the first one I won. Yeah, you actually won one. You did it. Well, let me say for the record, I mean, the world is wrong, but it's, you know, that's fine. <laughs> you know, I am surprised, but then again, I'm not that surprised. Like, I, I do feel that Africa is a better song than Down Under, but not by a lot. I mean, there's like weird stuff in there, like Kilimanjaro rises up like Olympus. So it it's a mountain that rises like another mountain. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's great. It's great writing. Hey, listen, it's poetry. You can't critique poetry, right? You can't. That's <laughs> right. No one's ever critiqued. Well, you know, you know, Af- poem. Africa is a is a land of mystery, or at least it is in the song. And Africa is a song of mystery. It's a mysterious song because no one knows what it's about. Even the the uh, people there who wrote it say, "No, we don't know what it's about." They don't know what the video is about, as I recall from pop-up video back in the day. They were like, don't know what this video is about. As opposed to Down Under, which, I mean, you don't know what the, the lyrics are about, but you can tell what it's about through the video. Everyone kind of knows, like, yes, we love Australia from it, versus Africa, which is like a confusing song. Really, they're more similar than they are different, I feel like. In, in, in a conclusion, Africa is a land of contrasts. Okay. <laughs> Well, do you know what the next episode's going to be about? I do. Oh God! <laughs> no, it's a it's a good one. It's a it's going to be yeah, the Usher song from two thousand four versus Umbrella, the Rihanna song from two thousand seven. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I know which one I want, but I don't. You know, now I've got to re. There's there's one that I can actually hear in my head immediately, and it's not, <laughs> it's not Usher. I'm I'm in the tank for Rihanna all day. I've gone on record saying many times that I want Rihanna to be my best friend. It's not going to happen, but I just she's the coolest person on earth, I think potentially, and I just want to be her friend. So I probably would take that one. Well, I I will say this: I love Umbrella like deep in the bottom of my heart. But I pick those two songs because to me those are like the two songs of that entire decade, of the zero zeros, the decade we, sh- we never named. And I feel like Yeah is the song just barely above Umbrella for like defining the decade. So I am more than comfortable to take that side. Wow, all right. Well, I yeah. guess I guess uh, we'll find out in the next thrilling episode. <laughs> of Song vs. Song, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Robb. This was Song vs. Song. Catch us next time. 